Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Danny, Jimmy, JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty. It's time to get this party started tonight. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Relic can join us. It's so refreshing that we start, not just start a podcast, but we're going to probably end the podcast with with Relic, with Jimmy Brennan actually in, in the pod for the first time in a while, I think. Have you seen my baseball dubs? What movie was that from? I don't Something know. about Mary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, God. What road are we going down? I don't you either. Don't, you don't remember that part? Really? No. Or who I'm talking about? Remember the guy with the headphones? Oh, you- fuck off, Jimmy. <laughs> Is that the, yeah, that's Warren. the uh, Warren. Twigs and Berries, that one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Twigs and Berries. <laughs> Captain Amy Walsh Dick. joins us <laughs> live from across the Atlantic. 30,000 mm-hmm. feet. And Craig's here. Craig Forrest. JC is here. I'm Shams. No, Wonga Wonga is uh, still in Dominican, as we understand it. He'll be back uh, on this soil on Wednesday, but probably not on the <laughs> podcast. Soiled. Soiled. Oh, he, he, he may well have soiling himself. himself. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> There's going to be some stories, aren't there? Yeah. So we just like de- de- designate Friday's show purely to Wonga and his Dominican stories. Because there's going to be yeah, a what lot. What virus does he oh. have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or doesn't have my back sick. He's definitely Wong- coming back sick. Wonger's trip to the Dominican. It all went wrong. <laughs> yeah. What could possibly go wrong? There you go. Do you think he got sick on vacation or he got sick on the plane coming back from vacation? Plane. Plane, you reckon? The, I'll say the taxi there. <laughs> <laughs> we should get Tony Bear. Actually, they might do this for us. Give us some odds on well, when Wonga got sick. If Wonga's anything like me, and I know that we do share a leg or two, uh, I always get sick on the third day. And then uh, 
sick for a couple days and then after and then on the way back sick again so it's like a i'm i'm gonna guess he's been sick uh but the but the worst is yet to come <laughs> well let's hope so shall Fingers we crossed. <laughs> it's like ringing JC. in the new year <laughs> jc's uh got the gout i know the audience want to hear this so uh, usually it's wonga who complains about the gout but jc's just been diagnosed with having the gout in his ankle of all places so here here's a very unpopular uh thing and amy you'll hate me for this but apparently 26% of women who have given natural childbirth say that gout is more painful than natural childbirth. 26%. I believe that. Yeah. Apparently it's, the, and oh, see, there it is. And I get it. I get it. I didn't say it. I'm just reading what I read. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Oh, I no. feel terrible <laughs> for you that you have gout, especially since it's you. Oh, thanks. Anybody man. else, I, I'd chime in with your statistic about women who've given birth and giving gout or putting it on the same level, but it's okay. We'll just let that stay there. Okay. Well, listen, the whole childbirth <laughs> complaints is all a bit much, isn't it, really? Let's be honest. Yeah, it's over in a flash. <laughs> and look at the reward at the end of it. It's a bit over the top, isn't it? Kids are overrated. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's very painful. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's very painful having witnessed it. It looks awful. I don't know why you do it to yourself. I have no I mean, idea. I mean, gout. God. Just stop. Gout, yeah, yeah. Gout. Yeah. 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 Hey, listen. We won the parlay this weekend. Yeah. $88 we recouped from a $5 bet. How about that? Wow. My coffin is going to be gold-plated. <laughs> no, there's no more coffin. This is just going to your computer and to your Wi-Fi. Yes, computer phone. Yes. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to see. Did the uh, I'm wondering if uh, our supporters group also won. We're, we're, bear with me. They here. did. They did win too. That's right. Okay. Betting history. Mm-hmm. I'll find out exactly. Let's go through the bet, shall we? Um, yes, let's bet. make fun of all yeah. the Stevens. Okay. So, Watford beat Chesterfield. Watford beat Couch. The Couch, as they're known Ouch. on Footy Prime. Yeah. Uh, Fulham beat Rotherham. Maidstone United. This is a weird one, wasn't it? <laughs> this is a weird one. Maidstone beat Stevenage. Not one of us questioned that bet when it was made. Because it's a plus 500. Yep. There was no chance you know Maidstone what? could win that game. But even, even Tony bet, when they posted our parlay, they had it as minus. The same odds, but minus instead of plus. But that is not why I made that bet. I just hated the Stevens and I wanted to stick it to the Stevens, which is what Stevens. Maidstone did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That paid off. Dubs has some history with the Steven. Apparently. Well, it just struck me as a good bet. And I'm glad I went with my gut. This is teaching <laughs> me all kinds of lessons about betting, but also life. We also got um, Ipswich being Wimbledon. <clears throat> um, but yeah, sometimes the bookies get it wrong, right? They get the odds wrong. It happens every weekend. It's the great gamblers. That's why they, they, they pay, pay such close attention to all the books. What is the one that's a little bit odd here? And that was the one. And then they changed the odds to plus. And they helped us go uh, to a plus 1,673. So five bucks won us $88.70. And 70 cents, wow. Which is incredible. That's huge. Um, as for our wonderful uh, supporters group, they also won a more more... Let's be honest. <laughs> they won $17. Like, come on. Come on, guys. 
<laughs> really? Seventy five. What are you playing for? You oh. won one fucking bet, and now you're up on your soapbox. <laughs> Gambling. Wow, they're so brave. They got into Milan. They got Watford. They got the Blades, and they got Chelsea. So yeah. that that was odds of plus two forty two. Five bucks won seventeen dollars. Sorry, and ten cents. I should mention. So yeah, thanks for that supporters club, but we'll take the eighty eight dollars and stick that in our back pocket, shall we? All right. So yeah, good weekend for us. Triple digit winnings. Amazing. Highest so far, I think, isn't it? So Craig, yeah, think, you that 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 basket? Sorry, Craig. I won my NFL pool. You won it? You did. Like, you won it over really? Yeah, it was kind of a point system. There's only fifty five people in it. But but what, how much did you 55, win? 55, humble How much you won? Uh, 1100 bucks. Woo, nice Ooh, one. Look at you. Awesome. You buy yourself a computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking hell. Give that money back. <laughs> yeah. Need some socks. <laughs> <laughs> to put all your money in. <laughs> I had an eight-game, an eight-match parlay going. And on Saturday, I was four for four, including Maidstone. Um, so they offered me a cash out, five bucks at $45. So I, I took it, I took the $45 and, and I was fortunate because the next day, uh, I forget who it was. I think West Ham, they drew, didn't they? Was it West Ham drew Bristol city? Yes. Oh, drew one Bristol. One, yeah. 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 That one would have screwed me. So I, I took, uh, the, the cash out and was very happy with that. And if you got them all right, how much? Yeah, it would be like 150 bucks or something. Oh, so you did well. Yeah took that it's rare so good weekend good weekend for all of us apart from jc who's got the gout so excellent good weekend of football too i just love the fa cup i, I really do even when two teams do all they can to kind of shit net and then arsenal liverpool good game in the end but when i see arsenal play liverpool and it's what purple against white it just doesn't feel right don't you think no. craig i mean it should be like traditional colors it's fa cup it looks strange, isn't it? You couldn't make out the numbers on the Arsenal shirts either. I'm not sure how the commentator was managing with that. Brutal. You couldn't see them at all. No. And it has some sort cool. of detail, yeah. like, a, like a shading on the numbers. Did you see when, when the camera got a bit closer? But instead of it looking like a, like a shadow box effect, it had the effect of looking like the kit man had made a mistake in this mm -hmm. placement of the numbers. Mm -hmm. They were really poor. Looked like a team yeah. of Marlon Brandos playing in their undershirts. Yeah. <laughs> the fat Marlon Brandos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Usually, usually the league and the you know, FA need to approve kit changes, right? And for TV, I mean, Christ, Craig, you've been through it. I forget the story now. You told me a story once. You were, I think it was a women's you were, you were doing. Was it Costa Rica or someone? The numbers were like impossible to tell. Yeah, yeah, we've had that a few occasions. It's a lot harder for the actual play-by-play -play person. You gotta go. Okay, over to you, Jerry. <laughs> Good luck. But they they made up for it, I guess, in that second half. Really, in the end, uh, a, a good game, Jimmy. Arsenal should have been up by a couple of goals in that first half. Um, and Ian Wright, I think he put on Twitter, "We need a killer." That's what he put on yeah. there. Can you explain to those that might not understand what that means exactly? A killer is someone that is clinical in the box that can win your matches. And Ian good Wright type. And Ian Wright was like that, where in the match, you wouldn't see him for 
85 minutes and all of a sudden he just pipes up, boom, goal, front of the newspaper. He's celebrating. And you, those kind of strikers used to piss you off because the whole game, you'd be getting the ball, looking for them. They're not moving. They wouldn't make a channel run when they have to. But then in the last minutes, just touch goal. They take all the credit. You get nothing for all the work that you've just done for 90-odd minutes running like a goddamn <laughs> lunatic. And this fucking guy now is taking all the credit, doing the interviews after the game, the celebrity <laughs> walking around giving the old wave. Assholes. But that's what Who would that need. be? Who would that be in your, your history, Jimmy? Was there a player that stands out? Uh, most of the strikers were like that. Like, Crouchy, Crouchy would have been like that. Marlon Harewood, he'd go missing. All of a sudden, boom, he'd just pop in a goal. David Johnson. Hux, Hux was kind of like that when he drifted in and out of games sometimes. Darren Huckabee? Yeah, but he was good, man. He could score a lot. He scored a lot of goals. Excellent player. I mean, Jay Zeus could be that guy, but he's he's injured all the time, and yeah, yeah, he is, and, and then comes back and doesn't quite find his form, does he? They they need that because they you, you figure Dubs if Arsenal get that player, I don't know who it's going to be. Ivan Tony came back this weekend for Brentford B. He's been rumored for a while now, but um, with Mbeu, what's his name again? The I'm injured striker for Brentford. I can't think of his. I've complete brain cramp here. Mbuemo, Mbuemo. And Boyman's out for a while, right? We but if they could get an Ivan Tony, forgetting. what's that? <laughs> so we don't blame you for forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a stretch there, Dubs. Bit of a stretch. I know, I know. Yeah. I was trying to help you out. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. Um, but I mean, if they could get that player in January, I mean, I don't know who's available, but would that make them tough contenders? From what you've seen in the last few weeks, they've dropped a lot of points in the Prem. Um, are they still a contender? Yeah. yeah, I think. Oh, do you go ahead, Craig? No, I, no, I think they are Dubs. I, I, I think the problem. There's a lot of really good things that are happening at Arsenal. There's, the team looks really good uh, for for large parts, even against the Liverpool game. Uh, you know, they could have put that thing to bed in the first half. So, mm-hmm. um, would have made a. They are a title a title contender. I do believe that, and I think they do need some help. They did. They, again, the West Ham game was another game where they they really outchanced West Ham by. A lot, and they just could not find the back of the net. Goalkeeper played mm-hmm. well, Ariola, but all in all, this is becoming a theme for Arsenal. Yeah, you're right. And go ahead, Amy. I was just going to say, the longer it goes on, the more the frustration sets in, and then the more I think Arteta tries to get involved to try to affect change and force the change. And mm-hmm. the the setup that they that they had in that game, Klopp even mentioned it took them by surprise playing with Havertz and, and Odegaard almost as two number 10s and the way that they pressed and the way that they worked together collectively, it really threw Liverpool off and, and Arsenal were really on the front foot and they just missed that clinical edge. And is it one lone player? I'm not sure. I just think it's something that's sort of insidious at this point where it's infected the entire squad where no one has that belief in the final third. It seems all a little bit hesitant. Um, and uh, they certainly had the occasions. They had that Odegaard shot that went off the bar. And the Ibu block right before that, that sort of saved their bacon for, for Liverpool. Um, they had that great chance with the long ball from um, the keeper that uh, found its way in between um, the young center back and uh, Trent. Um, so Liverpool looked um, really like they were um, 
under duress and, and Liverpool just lacked that edge. And so that's one win for them in their last six. And they've only managed five goals in those in those games. Um, so there's clearly something at work here. Um, I don't know if getting that player, getting that that number nine that they feel like they need, somebody who's going to come in and just sort of grab the team by the scruff of, it, of, of its neck in terms of goal scoring, um, if that's going to work. I'm not sure if it does. Yeah. Do you know, it's, I think what, what ends up happening too in the dressing room, frustration sets in where you're playing matches and you're controlling games. You have a lot of chances. You've had more chances than what the opposition's had. They had more bigger chances than what the opposition's had. And you just can't score. So five goals in five matches in the last five matches for Arsenal is not good enough. That's not winning you a championship. And that's where Ian Wright's going back to saying, it's not that we're, we're not playing well. We're playing well. We're moving the ball. We're getting these chances. But we need that, that individual who's that killer in the box who can just finish these chances that you're getting. And good yeah. team finish, finish these opportunities. What is more frustrating for a room? Is it a team that just cannot score goals or a team that just cannot defend? Is it one that just irks a team more? Obviously, they're going to both piss you off, Craig, but... Uh, which one's more frustrating for the group? Or oh, I'd rather live with the guys who can't put it in the back of the net. Yeah, all day long. Really? <laughs> hey, Jimmy, be, us, day. everybody being a defender, you're like, no, no, we're okay with the defensive side of things being tight. But yeah. you're giving up soft goals and you're not scoring goals, then you really got a problem. <laughs> yeah. But you also have to look at, at ours. I, I agree with that, by the way, 100%. Um, but the way that Arsenal were unable to capitalize on a backline that looked uncertain, a backline that was really thrown by uh, a lack of a Virgil van Dijk and his presence in there. Um, and the, uh, the analysts kept going on about, about Trent's misgivings as a defender, but Arsenal were still unable to capitalize. So that's on them. Right. And then they, and they, they fixed it. I think uh, as, as a team in terms of their shape, and the way that they were knitted together, more cohesive in the second half, I think it helped going forward that they sorted things out as well. They they moved Nunez over to that left flank and Gakpo more central, put Diaz over on the right, um, dropped Harvey Elliott into the midfield. It just seemed to sort things out going forward. They were more like Liverpool. So it was a more wide open game in the second half um, and, and Arsenal, but just let all those chances and all like all of that great work in the first half was was, was gone. Virgil was sick. Yeah. 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 It's, it's not a crisis just yet. Uh, so fingers crossed there. Obviously, Matip out. So you don't want that to continue. But I mean, if you if you're criticizing Trent's defensive abilities, I mean, at this point, I think you're you're splitting hairs, aren't you? I mean, what he provides with the ball at his feet now, Craig, that there's no one in the league that does what he does. He's having an incredible season, and whether he's a right back or a midfielder probably going to be more midfield, I think, as his career progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you just, so what? He's not great defensively, but what he provides elsewhere, he's so worthwhile. Yeah, it's a typical example of somebody who sets their standards at a certain level and everybody hold, you hold, want to hold them there at those standards, right? So they look, they, they nitpick, they certainly look and dissect his game, whether, you know, offensively and defensively. And, yeah, sometimes he shows a weakness defensively, but, yeah, he's, he's an outstanding left-sided 
Like, well, actually, he was playing left side, wasn't he? Yesterday, did he play left side of three? He actually finished the game as a number six. As a number six, yeah. But it was he was playing right, kind of starting right fullback, and then sort of right fullback, yeah. As he does, yeah. It's what he does basically. When they have the ball, he moves into midfield, right, and then mm-hmm. uh, well, defensively stays at the right. Yeah, progression to the fullback, if, right. If you start, if you start with a four, and say Trent drifts inside, then you end up with a three, because a left back will tuck in a little bit, the center back comes, and the other one goes out where where Trent is to mark that area. And then as Trent comes inside, then you overload the middle of the park. So you outnumber the opposition in possession. And then when you lose it, then you just shift back into place and then you go back into your four. How new is this, Jimmy? I mean, this we keep seeing Pep doing it and Klopp this season. Pep started doing it last year a little bit with Kyle Walker. Yeah. Um, is, is, it, is it that new or is it something no. that you saw when you were playing fullback? It's, it's, not, it's not new. I mean, it's it. there's different variations of how you want to do it. Sometimes... The other, the other thing that you could do is you would say to Trent, you go high as a right winger. The right winger now comes inside, and then he overloads the middle. Mm-hmm. So there's variations of, of overloading, and it's how, how you want to do it. Right? It's just everybody trying to be clever. You see, like, remember Stones was a center back. A center back steps into the mm-hmm. middle of the park, and the mm-hmm. fullbacks, they, they tuck in a little bit to create your three, or your right back goes in. It's just variations, how you want to do it and how you want to overload certain situations. There are certain times in this podcast when Wong is not here that I remember that Wong is not here. And when I hear Jimmy say overloading, and that's an example of where if Wong was here, <laughs> it would have been taken down a very different route. But anyway, back to tactics and strategies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking at the, the way Trent's playing there right now, Dubs, and looking at the way Phil Foden's playing at Man City, how the hell don't both these players start for England at Euro this summer. They're not traditionally starters under Gareth Southgate, who mm-hmm. obviously sticks with who he likes. We understand that. This is prerogative. But they're both playing such great football at the moment. I think you have to find a way, don't you? Yes, you do. And and I mean Trent, I think you look you have to look at what he will bring to that squad. So it's not only his attributes like we just discussed, like that that own goal, like to get Liverpool on the board in, in the 80th minute. Like that's just sent in with such precision and and force and whip that they they can't do anything it's just put into a dangerous area like that's exactly what you want from that type of ball and i mentioned it on the dark web but that was odegaard's foul that he gave away and he was a petulant baby the entire game and i like odegaard but uh, I, i didn't have any patience for him at all but yeah i think i think trent just uh kind of put the team on his back um, in the absence of, of a Virgil, in the absence of a Mo, in the absence of um, a Robertson, you know, the, these players who are out that traditionally are providing the leadership to the side. And that's what he's he'd step into or stepped into rather is is you have that quality on, on the deliveries, on the set pieces um, going forward. Um, you know, the, those long diagonals, like I think Nunez moving to that left, it, it allowed Trent to, to stretch Arsenal and to find him. Um, with those long diagonals and those long balls. Um, And then uh, Phil Foden, my daughter remarked, we watched the end of that game coming back from the arena that it looked like he was wearing makeup and, uh, and he like rosy cheeked and just fresh faced. Um, But yeah, he's kind of growing on me because I'm with, I'm with Wonger where um, he kind of annoyed me, but I think his versatility um, in the absence as well of say like a Kevin De Bruyne, um, of an Alvarez um, and what he's been able to bring to uh, to City in terms of their attack. 
um, no matter how he's deployed. Um, I think um, Southgate has to be taking notice. Yeah, I mean, imagine, Jimmy, imagine having Trent and Declan Rice deep in that midfield. You've got Jude Bellingham, you've got Foden up there. I mean, ideally, ideally you can put 12 players on, on the pitch at one time. Now, that might not happen in time for Euro, but it's, and I'd certainly push because that would really help England right now. How do you not pick these guys? Well, Charms, this is how it works. When you're- <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad Jimmy's here. <laughs> when you're the manager, right? And it's great watching Trent the way that he's playing, but he's getting success through the, the structure of the team, the formation, the philosophy, style of play. Okay, with him coming inside, overloading the middle, drifting out. So he's creating space and finding space for himself. Now, if England under Southgate want to play a solid back four, wingbacks bombing on, is Trent going to be as effective as what maybe, say, like a Kyle Walker is going to be? Kyle Walker's maybe better at doing that, getting up and down the line. Trent's better, maybe drifting inside, overloading situations, finding certain spaces. So it all depends on the manager and how he's going to play and that's who he's going to select because he's got to find those individuals that's going to suit his philosophy and his style of play. Now, we look at certain teams and, yeah, they're getting success. They're playing well. The rotation that they play and their movement interchanging is successful. But if the England team's not playing like that, then it's not going to be effective. Yeah, but I put, I put Trent in midfield, though. I wouldn't put him right back. I, I want oh, Kyle Walker right back. Okay, so now you want to have – a number six who's going to sit in there and be solid and break things up. Besides do you want Trent or do you want, or do you want Declan Rice? Well, can't they be like a double pivot? Well, if you're going to play with two controllers, yeah, you could do mm-hmm. that. But if you're only going to play with one, then... But don't you, as a coach, as a coach, don't you look at your, 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 what you have available and then you dictate your formation accordingly as opposed to, no, I'm playing, I'm playing 3 5 two, I'm playing 4 4 two, but That's what I do. When well, you have... If, if you're if you're England, you're playing at home. Do you want to play attacking or do you want to be conservative? At home, well, attacking, obviously, yeah. Of course, right. So that's going to dictate who's going to be your holder, and who who you're going to how you're going to play. And now, if you're away, and you're playing against a team that's very attack minded, then you've got to change now because you're away. You understand that they're going to have a little bit more possession, and you've got to now figure out, okay, defensively, who do we want in place that's going to be effective for us, where we can control the game, and maybe we're going to wait and hopefully get a counter against these guys and, and win the game because we can't play the way that we want to that we do at home. Mm-hmm. So he'll be looking at it thinking, okay, we're at home or we're away and this is a formation. This is how we're going to play. And these are the players that we need for that match specifically. So the game, whoever you're playing, that the matchup dictates who you're going to bring in. But a Euro, unless they play Germany, they're going to be away or home. Doesn't matter. Right, so it's the opponent right. in that case, right? Yeah. Then, then it's all about then, then it's all about the opponent. I don't know. I just, Craig, tell me, how do you get Trent into that eleven? Should he be in the eleven? Declan Rice. Okay, right now, who's guaranteed to start for England right now? Harry Kane is, Declan Rice is, Jude mm-hmm. Bellingham is. Mm-hmm. Those three guaranteed uh, if they're healthy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair to say. Yeah. So it's got to be a way. The way you go with the informed players. I hate these managers that dis- dispute and dismiss form. If Jordan Henderson, who might, by the way, be coming back from Saudi Arabia, gets you know into that squad, it's an absolute farce <laughs> at this point, right? I guess he's done growing the game in Saudi Arabia. Is 
<laughs> <It's probably, laughs> I don't growing. have a lot, whole lot of sympathy for him. Actually. I'll tell you what, it grew awfully fast. <laughs> Again, we we'll miss you. His regret grew. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine his conversation with his agent. He's like, oh my God, I, I don't like it here. And oh my God, it's not, I'm not settling and playing in front of 300 people every week. <laughs> imagine you could hear like the conversations in the crowd because there's only a couple hundred of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Apparently they, funds, Who do they you, average 8,000 people, but oh, there'd be a lineup for him. I would think you think, yeah, he's still a really good player. MLS. I mean, the reason he left Liverpool, though, is because Klopp said he, he wasn't, well, yeah, maybe. That Klopp said he wasn't going to get as many minutes, right? He, was, he wasn't going to be a, a defined starter, which, which right. he wasn't sort of well, towards mid, the end of the season now? anyway. Yeah, he's 33, so. isn't he? 33, no. I think, around there. Oh, I think he is. Is he older? Older than that? Well, let's find older. out, shall we? Regardless, yeah, he's, he's, he's not. I wouldn't think he's going to. He's not going to walk into a, a, a tight contending midfield. We know that, but mm-hmm. he, he's all joking aside. He is a fantastic leader with a great resume, who can still play. We we think I, I haven't watched. I, I haven't watched too many El Atifa matches this season, so I can't really tell you how good he is. But I'm sure he can still play, and he'd walk into a Premier League team in some capacity. Let's see, uh, mm-hmm. Jordan, and I, I'm going to say that link with Newcastle. Oh, that's yeah. But he played for Sunderland, though. Do you think he would do that? Still <laughs> yeah, he went to Saudi Arabia. He's not going to go to Sunderland, <laughs> or he's not going to go to Newcastle. Coming from Sunderland, <laughs> that Jeez. is a good point. <laughs> he turns he turns thirty four in June, so I was bang on. He actually yeah. moved. He, had, it was, he was born, I think, the day that I moved to Canada, June seventeenth. Hmm. That's nice. Hmm. God, I would feel fucking old. There's a player that's over the hill, and he arrived. He was born the day I arrived in Canada. God damn it. Jesus. I'm How right. dare you steal um, your thunder? <laughs> but don't yeah. you think a team would jump at him? Craig, they'd jump at Jordan Henderson, right? If he's I available? think so. I, I just wonder what kind of pay cut he's going to take. And is he, he might not like Saudi Arabia, but he might not like a pay cut either. <laughs> then yeah. stay there. Unless he's don't paid, moan about it. He's getting his exactly. full salary. One, having grown the game there, maybe he's getting his full salary. That was the deal. Like, grow the game. When he's fully grown, that's when you get the money. <laughs> and mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things, like on the back of the comic books, that you drop in water and then it grows. What are those things called again? Oh, yeah. JC, you know. The little, little tablets and you stick them in the water. Yeah. And yeah. they turn into like little animals. Like yeah. a big like a sponge that turns into a dinosaur kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Careful where you put it. Yeah. <laughs> don't swallow it. I don't know. This is like maybe a fixed vehicle rib story. <laughs> well, maybe that's how I got the gout. It does sound like there's a story here, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. I think he'll he'd, he'd get an opportunity, but certainly he'd receive it from the uh, the away support wherever he goes. But thankfully, there's no more homophobia or, you know, dreadful human rights issues in Saudi Arabia now because it's fixed oh. it all all fixed good 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 um Maystone won as you mentioned sorry I said he made a mockery of it yeah in the end he was an ally he stood in solidarity with the LGBTQ community and then he just I think pissed he all over it, it don't you don't you think he regrets it I think he he's needs got a, a lot of regrets now yeah yeah 
Yeah, I asked you guys in the dark web, do you have anything similar? <laughs> Massive regrets that you wish you could have just turned back the clock. Clock? Clop. Whoa, Freudian slip. Um, Seriously. <laughs> uh, Dub said no. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope, Jimmy, Craig, surely. I mean, you, you have lifetimes, lifestyles and lifetimes of regret. What would be the <laughs> biggest one? Yeah, lots of regrets, but not clubs. <laughs> no. Nope. No, never signed for anybody I was disappointed with. You didn't go on loan to Chelsea and go, man, I shouldn't have done that. I hated playing with Viali and Zola. Yeah, exactly. That was no fun. <laughs> Jimmy, regrets? No, no, no regrets. None. Oh, come on. You're full come of on, shit. Jimmy. You must have one there and there because you moved around a little bit. I didn't have, no, I didn't have any regrets. No, none. How about mm. Gareth Bale actually being born? That asshole. <laughs> there you go. Being at being at Southampton when Gareth Bale was at Southampton, that must be a regret. Well, no, because I didn't really know he was coming through until I got there. Maybe you should have done any research. How oh, he was in the academy. <laughs> what am I gonna? I'm gonna sign a contract and be like, uh, "Hey, by the way, is there anybody that's uh, coming up here that I should be keeping an eye on?" Yeah. How, how, how many years players? before I'm replaced? Uh, yeah, they had uh, decent, decent players. They, had, I remember who was at uh, at Swansea. Nathan Dyer. Uh, yeah, Nathan Dyer's uh, what's his name? Sermon, who was at Bournemouth. Remember, captain. And then they had uh, who else was coming through there? Gareth Bale. And then that's when they had like Luke Shaw was before him. They had uh, Sheer. Oh, they had so many players that were around that time mm-hmm. that were coming through the system. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. And it's funny because my my teammates that I played at Bristol City, a lot of them are all involved in, in head of the academy as well there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And one of my, my old captain, Craig Fleming, he went there at Norwich. He's down there right now. Matty Hill was the – I was with him at Bristol City. He was the academy director. They're taking care of their uh, alumni, huh? A lot of guys. Maybe you should make a phone call. Mm. I did. They didn't answer. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you praying that sermon didn't work out when you were there? <laughs> that was you, Dubs. Come on! I knew you. Were, <laughs> no, you, no. Heard you were thinking. I was. I was trying to come up with something. I know you were. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Elsewhere. So yeah, we mentioned Maystone one. That's a nice story. They're the lowest ranked team remaining. Um, Wrexham win again. 
They'd like the FA Cup, huh? Into the fourth round. The draw yeah. is is tonight, isn't it? Hasn't been already, has it? I think it's tonight. Or is it after the... No, it's, wait a minute. Where's the draw? The Who's playing tonight? United plays. United oh, plays that's right. Today. So it'll be tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a great competition. It's just amazing. And I remember when I was playing over there as well and watching the draw and you were hoping you were getting one of the big clubs... And then at home. Do this, yeah, at home, the celebration was awesome. It was it was such a special moment. I don't know if you guys saw the there was a team in France that was like the fourth or fifth division, and they got drawn out of their their kind of FA Cup, and they got PSG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the celebrations that was happening in that dressing room was off the chart. That's right. It's a bit like when Marine AFC played Spurs in 2021. Yeah, Marine was semi-pro. And Spurs came to their ground. I love those games. Um, oh, yeah. incredible, right? They lost 5 nothing, which actually wasn't a bad result. But um, Mourinho was apparently amazing that day to, to Marine and actually found their Portuguese goalkeeper, gave him a Spurs shirt with his name on the back. Um, he gave uh, Neil Young, who is all of uh, Marine's, sorry, Marine's head coach, all his pregame notes and all the research he'd done on Marine. Um, it was just really, really cool. And then Spurs actually invited the whole club to the London Stadium, uh, the previous, what's it called now? New White Hart Lane, anyway, the year after in the FA Cup as guests. So, yeah, it was really cool. It, it's lovely. And the atmosphere is incredible, right? The Sunderland-Newcastle game, first time they played in a number of years together yeah. in that, that time weird derby. Newcastle won 3 nothing, man, but that en- the energy creek was just fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. The FA Cup really does have a special special place really in the footballing world and sometimes it's not a well it's not always priority for clubs i mean for arsenal and liverpool it's not their priority at the moment and i think they played a little bit like that too uh, gotta be honest a bit pedestrian at times in the first half i thought but as the tournament goes on it becomes a little bit more serious when you when you, you get into you know the quarterfinals and whatnot then they'll, they'll start looking at it as an opportunity for a trophy but that magic of like what Maidstone is doing, what <clears throat> what Wrexham is doing, you get a bit of a lucky draw. You can you can stumble your way into into something pretty uh, pretty special, and that's what that whole tournament's all about. I mean, what is there something like seven hundred and sixty clubs that started out competing for the FA Cup? It's is fascinating. It's, it's it's brilliant, and they they've got to make sure that they protect that competition as they should be protecting it in the United States with that U.S. Open Cup because that creates the same sort of thing on a smaller level, but in the United States. And it's a very uh, important part of the, the footballing calendar, I think. It's horrible, too, when you, when you get the draw and if you're playing those lower division teams away, Ooh. they're horrible. You're on that bus thinking, oh, my God, let's not be that team that's getting the upset. We have to win. Because you know when they when they do win those lower teams, it's it's all over the papers, it's everywhere, it's celebration time, and you don't want to be that team that that just lost mm-hmm. them. It's horrible. Yeah. We played one year. We had playing against a club called Emery uh, Midlands Club. Never had heard of him before. I haven't heard of him since. And luckily, we're playing them at home. But it was close, and the weather was terrible. The wind it was like just swirling around up in park. It was pouring and rain it was like the third or fourth of january it was miserable as hell and we just grinded it out they scored i think they tied it up and then i think decanio scored late and it was like thank 
God, we didn't have to go back to Emory on a cow pasture because that's what happens, right? They you go on these pitches and it's like, have you ever heard of cattle in here? Oh yeah, because <laughs> they haven't fixed the pitch and everything. The difference really in North America with if they had this sort of thing in in the NHL, if you know the Leafs get drawn away to some team in Saskatchewan and they decide not to flood the ice and they leave an inch <laughs> of snow on it, it's like okay, there we are, let's yeah. go, you know. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of people don't realize as well. When you play those lower division teams, right? The pitches are are terrible. And I'd say what, Craig, you can you can allude to this, but maybe ninety percent of the pitches are on angles. <laughs> like they're yeah. never they're never flat. They're mm-hmm. either on a little slope or a little angle going north and south. Or they just feel that way. Ever. No, they literally are. They actually are. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I, I I love it. I've always loved the FA Cup. It's always something special. I know there's a lot of people whining about replays and having to replay when you get a draw. Yeah, so not a fan games. of that. Not a fan of the replays. They got, that, that's they got they to change got that. Yeah, way too many games. Like, what the freaking hell? That's the last thing these guys need is another game on a replay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but then it helps eventually as well to the other clubs, right? Especially yeah. if they do profit share. True, which, yeah. which they do. Was it That's what the Arsenal Liverpool game was looking like. It was looking like it was headed to a replay, right? Mm-hmm. But what yeah. would you suggest then if you take away the replay? What would you have them do? Just sort of standard extra time and, and penalty shootout? I'd go straight to penalties. Straight to penalties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the best way to do it, but I think it's under the circumstances with the amount of football that these guys are playing and the competitions that they're playing, I think that it, that would be the best way to do it. They're doing that in the League Cup now, aren't they, pretty much? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, no, no extras, just straight to pens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too These much football. In semifinals, like, what the, f- like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, because back in the days, I mean, you'd have several replays, you know, on, on occasion, wouldn't you? It wouldn't be just you would have, one. You would have final replays. They, they'd tie yeah, that's Wembley, right. Wembley, and then you'd, oh, no, we're coming back for another one. 100,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, what was that? Was it Ukraine that posted? Speaking of atmosphere, the basketball game from from Europe. Yeah, where was that again? Was it Turkey? Uh, no, I believe it was Serbia, but I'm not. I'm not it's Serbia, was it? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, could you imagine, like that? How much fun that would be in North America if an NBA game was like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I got quite a lot of conversation going on on our socials for the mm-hmm. underscore prime, and and your Twitter account X at Craig Forest One, because uh, just the experience in North America and how it just isn't the same, right? How it is so consumerized. Nobody chants. They don't have any chance. They need a big screen to tell them to cheer louder here. It's just they, they've sold their soul for the money and they've given up the passion for the for the cash, really. That's what's, what's happening. Um, but it's, it, it is a shame from a spectacle standpoint. But I was talking to the producer of TSN who's over in Sweden doing the World Juniors, and he said the Swedish uh, crew were asking him about Canadian chants. Like, what were, because there was like 3,000 Canadian fans there in Sweden watching the hockey. And he was like, what are they, what are the chants? And he's like, we haven't got any. Go Canada, go. And let's the guys go, like, go Canada, let's pathetic. go. He's like, yeah, it is pathetic. 
We have no, there's no chance. Like, how Can do you imagine though? Okay, but imagine though in North American stadiums, if, if there were chance, you know, and a lot of those chants are pretty blue, right? Yeah. You know, throwing the odd bad word. Can you imagine that happening in North American stadiums? There'd be an uproar. You'd be kicked out. Can't be doing that. It's diligent yeah. watching. Yeah. Yeah. Chanting but, I mean, referee. The referee is a cunt. <laughs> the referee is a cunt. Is that what you said? They have that one. So that's not bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. do a good job with it. So Dubs, you were saying. I was just going to play devil's advocate for a second and just saying in, in the absence of, of the history that, that we don't have here in North America in terms of sport, where a lot of that culture and that, you know, feeling like you belong and then your allegiance to the badge doesn't really exist a lot of these franchises feel the need to manufacture it. So mm-hmm. in, in manufacturing it and telling the the fans when to cheer and what to do, mm-hmm. then you're you're sort of robbing that contingent or those fans from creating something that's original and, and from from them. Would it would it actually grow and, and something would come to fruition? I'm not sure, but I think the the climate being what it is doesn't give fans a chance to develop something that's uniquely their own. Yeah, but you think the Montreal Canadiens, the Leafs, these clubs have been around a hundred years. You'd think that they would have something. I mean, for a hundred years, we're just going go Habs and go Leafs. Yeah. USA, USA. That's all they got. I'll say this though: um, the North American sports um, will not change, and I suspect European sports will get a lot closer to North American sports a lot quicker than. Mm-hmm. North American sports getting closer to European sports. I really believe that, right? I mean, the Super League's a prime example of that. That's what they want. They want cost certainty. They want guaranteed, you know, top flight football in, in this case. So it's only going one direction here. They'd love to have the North American model. Well, of course, the owners have saved their, saved their money. It's like guarantee success, guaranteed payments. They don't want that relegation if you're putting billions of dollars into into a project. But are they so, not talking about it, MLS? Into what about what promotion about relegation? Eventually, or having a second no. division? No, don't you remember when Neville was still coaching Miami and it was in a preseason interview last year? He mentioned it and then he very quickly retracted it because I'm sure ownership came down really hard on him. Yeah, yeah. They're in the bottom three as well. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I can I see. Mean, I, I can see I'm MLS and I read this recently. With MLS, I, I think we'll become in the second division now, and then they wanted to have a possible promotion relegation discussion. I'm almost certain. I have to read. I think again. Don Garber's yeah. addressed it before. It hasn't one hundred percent discounted it. He likes the conversation to go. You know, talking football is good, right? Um, I think there's a chance at some point, a very good chance of Liga MX merging with MLS. I really believe one day that will happen. And maybe at that point, you have a two-tier system, perhaps. But I just don't know how you can convince owners who have spent half a billion dollars in franchise fees that you might not be guaranteed top-flight football. I just don't know if they they buy into that. No chance. I bet it's in the contract. When the guy in San Diego paid $350 million, I bet there's something in there It's like, Nothing's happening in the future where I'm going to have a chance to lose this 350, and that's primarily, I think, why these fees are so high too. 
because you mm-hmm. you you really are got a really good business model. I mean, the MLS business model is actually really quite good, and it's been lucrative for teams yeah. that have got in early. They're worth they're worth fortunes. They're worth a lot more money than what they paid for them. So yeah, when you look at what TFC is worth right now, but then that's all collaboration and revenue sharing and working together to to sell the product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had a second division, could you not put it all together into one big? Big, uh, big pot for well, I mean, all. Yeah, the money. You, even if you, you do could. the relegated, you're still getting part of the part of the pie. But the thing is, but MLS though, I mean, it's, it's playoffs, it's playoffs, right? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So you could have you could you could have a much bigger league divided, you know, geographically, and then you'll meet again as they do right now. But you could you could wrap in Liga MX or wrap mm-hmm. MLS into Liga MX and still have the same kind of playoff system without promotion relegation. It just makes sense. I mean, would Liga MX want that? They're doing pretty well, but yeah, of course they bloody would. They'd love that probably more so than than MLS, maybe. Because of the financial upside? Yeah, financial upside. I mean, listen, this stupid in in the League's Cup, this thing that includes Liga MX teams, right? That's kind of the first step, isn't it? I don't think the Liga MX teams liked it at all. I think they hated it. No, because they're at a clear disadvantage. They're in their preseason. Precisely, right? That's why MLS loves it. Yeah, it's stupid, but that's the yeah. first. They're, they're working together. Yeah. What point do those conversations expand? Mm. Craig, going back sense. to what you were what you were saying about ownership and like how how lucrative franchises now are in terms of their valuations, do you think the the the, the mere suggestion of promotion relegation would cause those numbers to plummet? In terms of the yeah, I do, I do. I think, I think there was a if there was a risk of somebody losing three hundred fifty million, I think that there that would be a conversation or certainly something people would be worried about before they got into MLS. Imagine your first year, you got an expansion team, you don't put anything particularly great together, you paid three hundred fifty million, and next thing you know, you're playing in the USL. Mm. Yeah, so I do think the fees would be different if that was the case. Mm. Yeah. I don't think you'd you'd end up paying that fee. I think you'd end up paying a fee in the second, third division. Yeah, meaning the MLS Pro, maybe MLS Championship if they had it, and then you'd start there with your fee, and then that fee would go into the pot, and everybody get a little piece of it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. But MLSC, what they paid ten million for Toronto SC, so they're doing okay. Yeah, yeah, it's been a pretty good uh, business decision, I think, over the last. uh, what was it 17 years? Yeah. 17 years. Jesus Seven. Christ. Been a bit quiet, wow. eh? TFC in terms of player movement, whereas Very the quiet. Timbers has turned into another Portlanida, right? Yeah. Yeah. James Patemis. Pantemis. Mm-hmm. Pantemis mm-hmm. signed there. And then almost and immediately after that was announced, Max Cripo was announced. It's so weird. Or isn't rumored. It? Has it been officially announced yet? I don't know if it's official yet. Mm-hmm. And they signed yeah, other keeper as well. If it was official too, I don't know if it's official yet either. But mm-hmm. yeah, and Kamal's is... there too. Yeah, after making right. history in Miami, apparently <laughs> they, they, they won a they won a trophy. If you want oh, to call yeah. that a trophy, that that weird yeah. thing. Yeah, don't get him started. Don't poke the bear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just relatively quiet talking about the league's cup. Don't do it again. <laughs> but, but I mean, if Max goes to Portland, right? He's number one. And Dubs, you know, yeah. you, you watch Pantemis closely. He's a good goalkeeper who just got derailed through injury. 
yeah, he's, he started that opening game in Miami last season and then, and then blew his shoulder up. And then Sirua had an outstanding season. So I get Pantemis wanting to have a clean slate somewhere, a brand new start, a chance at number one. But I feel like somehow he got fucked over. It can't be the deal that he's just wanting a change of scenery to be number two on the West Coast, right? It doesn't make any sense. Speaking of fucked over, I mean, the match situation screwed over as well. Right. By all accounts, it happened. Uh, He's set to sign, so it's not confirmed yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not confirmed that he's he's there. Um, So it's... Is it Larice who comes over? They sign him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the article that I read said that Max is making, I think, 375K, and they just flat out, this is prior to Larice coming over. They just didn't want to give him any more. Like, how do you not want to give him a raise? I don't get that angle at all. I don't either. I don't either. It's, it's very bizarre to me. Because like, I think I forget who said it now. Um, they were just trashing goalkeepers, basically. But they're saying, you know, it's harder. Oh, it's Wong, of course it was. It's harder than Mark, a goalkeeper. So you bring in Hugo Lloris, who's a well-known goalkeeper. He's a World Cup winner in this day, a world-class goalkeeper. I don't know how much the needle that moves, especially at this point in his career. You're better off with a younger guy, I would, I would think. But who knows what's you're, happening behind the scenes? There. You're better off winning winning trophies, and that's what they've been doing and competing for trophies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming off a reason to change it. Another final, <laughs> the one the year before. I don't think goalkeeping was the issue, but who knows what the deal is? I mean, maybe maybe Max didn't. I don't know. I mean, I haven't spoken to him. Maybe he's looking for a fresh start somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. He'll but I mean, I mean, he's proven five. himself, right? Like, I mean, he he not only has proven himself in terms of sustained performances and being one of the best goalkeepers in MLS, but the return yeah. from injury. Mm-hmm. And returning to that same level, and he's it, uh, and he doesn't get rewarded. Yeah, I kind no of kidding. I feel for him. I mean, the reason why they were in the final was because of Max. He played three outstanding games leading into that final, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, sorry, sorry, Max. We got <laughs> Hugo coming in. It's a tough business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh boy, uh, listen, they're almost out of time. Sam Kerr out. ACL, the latest. Jesus Christ. It is an epidemic. I mean, we said it before on the show. But, I mean, she's probably the most, which is English, which does, right or wrong, make a big difference, right? In that. Did you say she's English? Sorry. Yeah, you did. You did. You know what? It's Sam Carroll, Lauren James. Why am I getting them both mixed up? (laughs) I saw it this morning. I had in my head she was Lauren James. Oh, really? Re- yeah, my god, that's really bad. I apologize. It is. That's <laughs> Bush. Can you win the title without her? Can you win the title without her, Amy? Bush. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, she's very much, I mean, as as deep as that squad is, and, you know, they can rely on other goal scorers, she's mm-hmm. the one who comes up big for them time and time again. She's the so killer. It's be really difficult. And that means she misses the Olympics as well for, oh, uh, for Australia. Oh, right. And she missed the World Cup pretty much. I mean. Yeah. She had that one worldie where she yeah. was against England in a, in a losing effort. 
But you have to wonder how much that calf injury played in, in the ACL going. It's all speculation, right? But like muscle weakness around the knee and, um, you know, muscular imbalances. And then the stress goes to, to the ACL yeah. as that decel and you're cutting mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff. I mean, so many factors, right? Um, but still, you wonder. Tough year for her, though, for sure. Forrest, when you say killer, she will be the coach killer now because if they don't get results, he's out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, she's already preemptively out. Yeah. That's is that true. why you're saying it? That's true. She is. Emma yeah. Hayes is yeah, leaving to coach the U.S. Women's National Team. Boo. <laughs> what about you like James? I mean, that would be really bad, wouldn't it? If it was her. <laughs> yeah. Really, you're trying to make yourself feel better here. I actually put that on on the dark web last night. I actually mentioned that exact same comment, and no one corrected me. What's wrong? You with didn't you say anything about Lauren James. I'm, didn't I? You wrote her name as Sam Sam Carey in in Slack, and no, I, that, it was very hard for me to not say probably. anything. <laughs> that's but that's autocorrect. But I definitely mentioned she was she was English, didn't I? In the dark web, I know she's not English. Sometimes I question my brain. Maybe you just thought you're just—I don't know. You say you fuck up, up and let's move on. I have—I have said that. All right, let's move on then. Let's move on. For We're out of time anyway. Zadorsky to the Hammers. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, that's a good move for her because she's got to get some playing time. She wasn't getting all that much at Spurs, was she? So yeah. no, she wasn't. I'm not sure what happened there, but she yeah. was reunited with Rianne Skinner, who used who used to coach uh, the Spurs. So it's a good news for her. And they Spurs? Spurs? The Spurs. The Spurs. And they signed uh, Katrina Gorey, and they also signed Christy Mewis. Speaking of, of Sam Kerr. No Lauren James? <laughs> Still <laughs> at Chelsea. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Checking and make sure you know your women's soccer there, Dubs. Um, <laughs> Prem is back this weekend, but it's one of those, it's kind of getting crazy, right? It's, it's the whole new format where they rest teams get a week off so there's fewer games some teams just play a couple of games in january so i think there's just like five well there are there's five matches this weekend just the five but man united spurs everton villa they're the sunday games so some pretty good games and saturday chelsea fulham newcastle city man city so mm -hmm. juicy ones which you can catch on fubotv.com and subscribe at fubotv.com slash footy prime and sprinkle some money on tonybet.ca why don't you? Why don't you? It's easy to win on TonyBet.ca, as we can prove. $88 in the bank. We're at over $600 now in our Come kidding. on. Yep. We, we, we're 100 Amazing. It is amazing. Bet it all. Let's bet it all. <laughs> we, I think at this point no, we should. No. No. That's Responsible gambling. <laughs> yeah, don't on. listen to Jimmy. What what would what Amy? What was the team? What was your team again? Ma made made Maidstone. Maidstone. Why don't we just put it all on Maidstone to win the the whole FA Cup? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's got to pay out pretty decent. You make a lot of money, so you know what? Let's do it. Do we have the stones to do it? Six hundred and twenty-one dollars <laughs> on Maidstone to win the FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> you might as well just take that money and just light it on fire right now. Seriously. Yep. <laughs> well listen no thanks to the supporters someone's got to try and earn some money for craig's computer right 
Okay. When is, when is the consistently winning? <laughs> What's that, Craig? Is the FA Cup draw today? I think it is. I think it's after today's uh, the, the the United game tonight. Right. See, Maidstone, they'll be hoping for a home draw against mm. Liverpool. Yeah. 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 That's what they'll be, they'll be hoping for now. They don't want to wreck some or anything like that. Even though they have a chance to potentially go through to the next round, they, they, <laughs> that's not really what they want. Well, Wrexham want a big one as well, just for the, the oh, documentary yeah. next year. <laughs> Imagine yeah. that they get they get joined against United or Liverpool or something. Be yeah, amazing. Birmingham have a new coach. They brought in Tony Mulberry after Rooney's taking them from sixth to twentieth. <laughs> Do you think he My gets own. another shot somewhere? Do you think Rooney gets another job? I bet he does. Of course he does. Yeah. Well, of course he more than does. Games. What do you got? Fifteen games there. Yeah, and not one transfer window. I mean, listen, it was terrible, but I have got a little bit of sympathy for him. It was the ownership were idiots for firing John Eustace with them in you know, in the playoff spot, and they were by all counts overperforming massively. No one expected them to be where yes. they were in the table. Mm-hmm. So it, all the more reason not to fire the manager. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But then you see Rooney, it comes back to where perhaps they, they thought they might be. Maybe not quite that bad, but anyway, we'll see. I hope they get relegated. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking idiots. What a mess. <laughs> football. Running football clubs is easy, guys. It's easy. Just buy one. You can win. Look at Ryan Reynolds. All right. That's it. We're out of time. Anything else you want to get to? I didn't know what Jimmy was an Arsenal fan. Looks like you're wearing the same kit they they wore <laughs> yesterday, Jimmy. Want my white T-shirt? Mm-hmm. Turn around, can we see on, your number? White on white. Get my name on the back. Mm-hmm. All right. Till uh, next time, we'll be back on uh, Wednesday, I guess. Right? Sound good? Yep. Yeah. Sounds Wednesday. Footy Prime the podcast. TonyBet.ca. Fubo TV. Two in a row, Jimmy? Oh, my God. I have a week off. I had a little bit of time off over the holidays. Good to see you, Jimmy. I know. Is that it's been your like... name? Should we call you Jim now? Or it's James? It's not so much that you missed the time. It was that you told us you'd be Seamus. on the podcast. I what? You told us you'd be on the podcast. That's the problem. Right? I know. You know. The night before. Oh, yeah. Great. Nine o'clock. Oh, yeah, be yeah. right there. There's been like three holidays and a birthday since we saw you last <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All right, Ron. That's for you, Prime. Hold See on. You later. Hold oh, on. One, one, one thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This might be worth it. If we were to put six hundred and twenty-one bucks on Maidstone to win the whole thing, one point five five three million dollars. Do it. All right. Let's do it. And <laughs> that has been played. <laughs> do you think if they win the next two rounds and get into like the uh, what the quarterfinals? They'll offer us a cash out of like five hundred thousand. Probably, maybe. That Probably, amazing. <laughs> they will take that, right? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good investment. <laughs> all right, follow Funny Prime for all your betting advice. Till next time, cheers for listening, and keep buying newspapers. This episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by Fubo TV and by Tony Beck. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. Excuse me. <laughs> that was you, wasn't it? No. I got a text message. I got a text message. Is it right now?
Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hey, Craig, is your, is your computer still in its box on Wonga's doorstep? I, I suppose. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.